जय राधा माधवा कुंज बिहारी
जाम विष्णुपाद परमहंसा परिव्राजकचार्य अस्तोत्र सत्यसी सीमाद हिज डिवाइन ग्रेस एसी भक्तिवेदांत स्वामी शीला प्रभु पार की जाए आनंद कोटि वैष्णवन की जाए नामाचार्य हरिदास ठाकुर की जाए प्रेम से कहो श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्री अद्वैत गिदाधार श्रीवासारी गौर भक्त वृंद की जय श्री श्री राधा कृष्णा गोप गोपीनाथ श्याम कुंद कुंदगिरी गोविदान की जय वृंदावन धाम की जय नवद्वीप धाम की जय भक्ति देवी की जय तुलसी महारानी की जय जमुना देवी की जय गंगा देवी की जय समेता भक्त वृंद की जय गोर प्रेम नंदे ಆಗಲಾರೇಷ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟಿಸ್ಟ
and the living entity, the soul. So this ninth chapter, the most confidential knowledge. Confidential knowledge is knowledge that I am not my body, I'm not my mind, I'm spirit soul. But the most confidential knowledge is what is the relationship between the soul and God. And this 29th verse of this ninth chapter is very, very uh, enlightening, instructive, and encouraging in our understanding of God. Of course, when we say God, we are referring to Bhagavan, as Swabas mentioned, the supreme personality known as Krishna. Can everyone say that beautiful sound name? Krishna. He is also known by his original name, Govinda. Govinda. And Lord Chaitanya instructs us that he has hundreds and millions of names. We like these names, Krishna and Rama. We chant in the Maha Mantra. Let's all chant the Maha Mantra together, please. Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama So let's see how your Sanskrit is. I'm usually very impressed when I come here to New Dwaraka. Already I've been impressed by your kirtan. And when we did our little kirtan here, your chanting was very strong. So let's see how your Sanskrit is. By the way, last time I was here, I instructed everyone that they should be reading Bhagavad Gita every day. Now let's see who's been doing that. Who has been reading Bhagavad Gita every day? Uh-oh, that's not enough hands. Boys and girls, come on. We are devotees of Krishna. We should at least read his book. If I'm going to claim that I am a devotee of someone, then I should at least Read his book, and that's his book, Bhagavad Gita. All right, let's see how you do. Please repeat. Samoham Sarva Bhuteshu. Pretty good. Na me dveshyo stina priyaha. Ye bhajanti tumang bhaktya. Mai te te shu chap yaham. That's pretty good. Now, if only you would read Bhagavad Gita every day, then that would be very nice. Please repeat. I envy no one, nor am I partial to anyone. I am equal to all. So that's the first half. This verse has two sections. So this is the first statement by Krishna to Arjuna. Now the second part. But whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. So... There is a lot that I can remember from Srila Prabhupada's teachings 
So let me speak a little bit about this verse and then we'll go over Prabhupada's purport. With your permission, do you give me that permission? If you agree, say Hari Bol. And I give you the dings on the bell. So the first one, I envy no one. Oh, very good. I didn't even ask you to repeat and you did. Very good. So first of all, I mean somebody is speaking. It's a person. So this is the first point. God is a person. There seems to be a lot of confusion in the world. They're not clear. They're not sure what is the ultimate feature of God. So here in Bhagavad Gita, it is very clear. God is a person and he's speaking. He's using the word I. I envy no one. Now, how can Krishna say that? Well, then you have to understand who is this Krishna. And Krishna is the supreme. There is a word, asam ardva. Can everyone say that word? Asam ardva means nobody is equal and nobody is greater. Obviously, no offense, that's not me and you. There are so many people who are equal to us or greater than us. But Krishna is that unique individual where no one is equal to or greater. That makes him supreme. There is no competition. There are no applications being accepted. By definition, Krishna, the absolute truth, is that person whom no one is equal to or greater. Krishna already established that in chapter 7. Mattak Paracharam Nanyat. Krishna said, there's no truth superior to me. So he's just picking up from that point. So if there's nobody equal to Krishna, if there's nobody greater to, than Krishna, who is there for him to be envious of? If somebody has more than me, then the tendency is I'm jealous. Why this person has more than me? Why is this person smarter than me? Why is this person stronger than me? When I see somebody better, then I get a little envious or jealous. But for Krishna, there is no competition. So who is there that Krishna has any need to be envious of? He is already number one. And there's not going to be anyone to compete. So there's absolutely no possibility of Krishna being envious of anyone. Besides that, everything we see is his energy. So just think, are you envious of your possessions? You like your possessions, right? You like your car, hopefully. You like your house, your family, right? So if everything is Krishna's energy, why would he be envious of his own self? It makes no sense. So there's no possibility of Krishna being envious. So that's the first point. No envy. Now the next one. Nor am I partial to anyone. This is an, an, a very important point. And the example I like to use, the sun. The sun is in the sky. 
And the sun is pouring down its heat and light to everyone. The sun doesn't discriminate. The sun is just giving off its heat and light. And it's simply up to me to take advantage or not. When it's a nice, like today is a very beautiful day today, right? Anybody go for a nice walk today? Right? You took advantage of the nice sun, sunny day today. So the sun is there for everyone. It's not that the sun is partial. Oh, I'm not going to shine on his house. He's a Republican. I'm not going to shine on his house because he couldn't produce his birth certificate. The sun is impartial. It's simply a question of taking, come out of the darkness, go into the light. If I refuse to come out, if I stay locked up in my basement, is it the sun's fault that I didn't get a tan, that I remain like a white ghost? No, I just have to go outside and get the sunlight. So God is the same, Krishna is the same way. I'm partial to and no one. Krishna is there. Those who uh, take his benefit, they get the benefit. But what is so, like I used this word, Krishna is cool. He is the cool God. He doesn't force. We see this at the end of Bhagavad Gita. After the whole Bhagavad Gita, what is, I love Krishna. Because he deals with Arjuna. He deals with us in a very gentlemanly, intelligent way. What does Krishna say? Arjuna, I've told you everything. Now decide what you want to do. He doesn't twist Arjuna's arm. He doesn't put Arjuna in a head like, Surrender, Arjuna, do what I say. No. Krishna presents Bhagavad Gita and then says, Okay, as you like, you do. This is why I like Krishna. He treats you with deference, with intelligence. Treats you respectfully. He lays everything out and then says, as you like, you can do. So Krishna is not partial. If everyone, one of the teachings of Bhagavad Gita is that everyone is part and parcel of Krishna. The good and the bad. Everyone is part and parcel of Krishna. Even a mother, a mother may have several sons. One son may be very obedient. One son may be very naughty. But the mother is going to be disposed to each of the sons. She's not going to play partiality. And at any time, let's say the one son is very, very naughty. But if that naughty son comes before the mother in a very nice attitude, the mother naturally responds out of motherly affection. So God, Krishna, has affection for all of his parts and parcels. And everyone, good or bad, is Krishna's part and parcel. So he's equally disposed to all the parts and parcels. He doesn't cherry pick. No, he's there for everyone. The sun is there for everyone. Krishna is there for everyone. Therefore, he says, I'm equal to all. So this is to understand the position, Krishna's position as God. No envy, impossible. He's impartial. 
and he's equal to all. He said in chapter 4, as you surrender to me, I reward you accordingly. That's open to anyone. That's open to anyone, rich or poor, young or old, male, female. Anyone who begins to surrender to Krishna, Krishna reciprocates accordingly. There's only one instance where this statement is not true. There's only one exception to this rule. That exception is with the gopis of Vrindavan. Now you have to take this. This is now we're getting very confidential. Come closer. So, the thing of it is, oh, my good friend Anil. Ah, oh, so good to see you, Anil. Haribo, may Krishna bless you. So, on the night of the Rasa dance, when Krishna tested the gopis, when he finally returned, he said to the gopis, your spotless service, your surrender, your dedication to me is so great, I cannot repay you accordingly. Even, Krishna said, if I had a lifetime of Lord Brahma, and that's millions and millions of earth years, Krishna said, I could not repay you for your loving attitude. So Krishna said, so you'll just have to be satisfied with your exalted character. This is the only instance, otherwise for everybody else, as we surrender to Krishna, Krishna reciprocates. That's for everyone. Anyone and everyone. That is how great Krishna is. Now, the second half of the verse is for us. How many of you see yourself as a devotee of Krishna? How many? If you're not raising your hand, what are you doing here? <laughs> Everybody's hand, two hands should be raised. You're all devotees of Krishna. Otherwise, you're in the wrong church. It's not a trick question. I don't play tricks. I'm not a politician. So, if we're, so the second part is for the devotees. Okay, that's for you. The first part is for the general, for everyone to understand. But if you're a devotee, you already understood this. If you, if you are a devotee, what I said so far, you already understood that. But whoever renders service unto me in devotion, that's the key. In other words, not business. Not let's make a deal, God. Okay, God. I'll do this, 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 this. But I want this, 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 this. Do we got a deal, God? I used to do that when I was young. When I didn't know any better, I would pray to Jesus. Okay, Jesus, I need a hundred on the test today. So if you do that, I'll do 12 Hail Marys and six Our Fathers. <laughs> and sometimes it would work. <laughs> I remember when I was like 12 years old, I prayed to Jesus all day. I want to hit a home run today. Please, Jesus. And, you know, the, on the, the whole day in school, on the bike, going to the game. Please, Jesus, let me hit a home run, please. And that day, the pitcher was this 
mean, the meanest pitcher. You know, he used to throw those balls and it would just go right by your nose. And he was the most feared pitcher. But I was praying to Jesus, help me, Lord. And the next pitch, it, the ball went so far, even the umpire went, what was that? And even I was like, hallelujah. So I believe in the power of prayer. I had lots of experience with it. But that's not devotion. That's a business. That's a business transaction. So when Krishna says, whoever renders service unto me in devotion, devotion means, Lord, I'm doing this because I love you. I'm doing this because I should do it. I'm doing this because it is what is in my best interest to do this. I'll give you a good example. Lord Ram, my friend here, is a great Ram devotee. When Dasarath called him on the coronation day, before Dasarath even asked, Ram said, whatever it is, the answer is yes. Am I right? That, that's the way I heard it. When he was going to be asked to go to the forest, even before Dasarath said, Ram said, whatever you say, the answer is yes. So, that's surrender. That's obedience. So a devotee serves the Lord, renders service, because the devotee knows this is what I am meant to be doing. And it's actually in my own best interest. So what does Krishna say? Whoever renders service unto me in devotion is a friend. Now just think about that. You can become God's friend. If you can think about that, that can get you high. I can be God's friend? This is something for constant meditation. That I can be the friend of... He says, it's not, I'm not making this up. He says right here, is a friend, is in me, and I am also a friend to him. That's important. It's not one way. We all have experience of one-way relationships. They burn the heart. I went through many of them. One-way relationship with Michelle, with Dina, with... <laughs> one way. No. We've all gotten burnt with one-way relationships. But here... Krishna is explaining it's reciprocal. That we are Krishna's friend, and Krishna says, and I am a friend <coughs> to this devotee. This is astounding. Now there's one very nice example from the Bhagavatam, which illustrates this point. There was the incident of the great mystic Durbasa Muni. He's a partial expansion of Lord Shiva. But Durvasamuni has a kind of, shall we say, uh, attitude. And he was very, he would say, envious, as the word is used. There was this king, Ambarish. And this Ambarish was a great devotee of Narayan. Everyone say, Narayan. it's another form of Krishna, Krishna in forearm form, Narayan. So Durvasa Muni, he's Brahman, he's a great mystic, 
and he was seeing this Ambarese, he's just an ordinary king. So Durvasa was looking for some fault. He was looking for an excuse to venge his anger. So Durvasa Muni came and said to Ambarish, I am here, I am a Brahman, you must feed me accordingly. I'm going to go take my bath when I come back. I expect that you're the king, you're the householder, you will take care of me appropriately. But when it came time, Ambarish had been doing a particular fast and it was time for him to break the fast. But the culture is, if you have a guest, your guest eats first, then the householder eats. So it was a problem because Durvasa is not coming back, but he has to break the fast, what to do? So he calls his security council and they have a meeting and his Brahmin advisors tell him, well, if you have to break the fast, there's a way to break your fast and also not break the fast. That's what you need. You need a Brahmin who can give you that kind of advice. How to pay your taxes and not pay your taxes. <laughs> so the Brahmin said, drinking water is breaking the fast and also not breaking the fast. So Ambarish took the advice of the Brahmin council sip some water so that technically, all right, he broke the fast, but he didn't really eat, he drank water, so. But Durvasamuni, who's looking for some fault, by his mystic power could detect, Ambarish, you have drunk water. I am very angry. Now I will destroy you. So he plucked a hair from his head dashed it to the ground and out came a big fiery demon who was going to kill Ambarish. What's Ambarish doing? Folded hands, taking shelter of Krishna. So when Krishna, when Lord Narayan saw this, Lord Narayan issued his Sudarshan Chakra. That Sudarshan Chakra killed that demon and then started to chase Durvasa Muni. Durvasamuni could see the Sudarshan Chakra was coming. He flew and he went to take shelter of Lord Brahma, the creator. Lord Brahma said, <coughs> I ain't messing with this. Uh-uh, can't help you, buddy. So then Durvasa went, as I said, he's partial expansion of Lord Shiva, so he's going to take shelter of Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva said, no can do, not this one. Sudarshan Chakra. Mm -mm. So then Durvasamuni flies to Lord Narayan's lotus feet. And Durvasamuni falls down at Narayan's feet and says, Please take away your Sudarshan Chakra. It's right there. It's burning. It's going. Narayan said, No. I will not retreat, my Sudarshan Chakra. You have offended my pure devotee, Ambarish. If he forgives you, all right. But as far as I'm concerned, no. Then Lord Narayan explained to Durvasa why. Lord Narayan said, Durvasa, in the hearts of my devotees, 
They don't know anyone but me. And because of that, in my heart, I don't know anyone but my devotees. This is very instructive. Same thing Krishna is saying here. He is my friend and I am a friend to him. So Lord Narayan told Durvasa, in my heart, I only know my devotees. Why? Because in their hearts, they only know me. This is the compact of love between God and his devotees. And you want, we want, we should all want to make that more and more compact. That is one reason why we are doing everything we do. That's why we get up and chant. That's why we serve. That's why we do all the things we do. We want to make that relationship with Krishna more and more and more confirmed. It's a relationship of love. Yes, all you need is love, the song sang. But the problem is where to put that love. And Prabhupada is saying, put that love with Krishna. Now look at Krishna today. As Svavas, nice. How beautiful does Krishna look? Is it difficult to love this Krishna? He's not an old man with a beard, is he? He's youthful. He's beautiful. And he's a far-out musician. He plays a flute and everyone goes mad. He's an excellent dresser. Krishna has all the attractiveness that we find attractive in the world. And he's got all of it. Somebody may be rich, but sometimes they're very ugly. Sometimes somebody is very handsome, but they're stupid. You know, so, you know, where is that person who's got everything? Wealth, beauty, riches, renunciation, wisdom. Ah, Prabhupada says that is Krishna. He's got it all. He's got everything, and not only that, to an unlimited degree. Therefore, Prabhupada says, therefore, no better person to repose your love than Krishna. So after hearing this from Lord Narayan, Durvasa went back to Ambarish. This took a whole year. Him seeing Lord Brahma, seeing Lord Shiva, and meeting uh, Lord Narayan took one year. So what was Ambarish doing for a whole year? Waiting. You think, wait, he's the king. He's waiting. Yeah, he was waiting. That's what the Bhagavatam says. He was waiting with folded hands and still fasting. I can barely do John Mastami fast. This was a whole year. Still hasn't eaten. Therefore, who can imitate Ambarish Maharaj? I know me, after five minutes, he'll be like, hey, man. I'm going to eat something. On Janmashtami day, as soon as it's 12.01, where's Prashad? So Ambarish is waiting there, and the Sudarshan Chakra is still chasing Durvasa. Durvasa falls at Ambarish's feet, and Durvasa Muni tells Sudarshan Chakra, stop. This is the mark of a real devotee. No vengeance completely forgiving. And then Durvasa and Ambarish, they became good friends. Durvasa realized firsthand 
the greatness of the Lord's devotees. So those words of Narayan, I know no one in my heart other than my devotees because my devotees in their heart do not know anyone but me. That's why Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Mam Ekam Sharanam. Exclusive devotion, exclusive surrender, exclusive shelter. That is what we're aspiring for. If you like that, and if you would like to right now take shelter exclusively of Krishna, then I urge you to raise your hands and repeat after me. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Hare Hare. So now I would like to read Prabhupada's purport. All in favor of staying to hear Prabhupada's purport say, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. <coughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. One may question here that if Krishna is equal to everyone and no one is his special friend, then why does he take a special interest in the devotees who are always engaged in his transcendental service? But this is not discrimination. It is natural. Any man in this material world may be very charitably disposed, yet he has a special interest in his own children. The Lord claims that every living entity, in whatever form, is his son. And so he provides everyone with a generous supply of the necessities of life. He is just like a cloud which pours rain all over, regardless of whether it falls on rock or land or water. But for his devotees, he gives specific attention. Such devotees are mentioned here. They are always in Krishna consciousness, and therefore they are always transcendentally situated in Krishna. The very phrase Krishna consciousness suggests that those who are in such consciousness are living transcendentalists situated in him. The Lord says here distinctly, Maite, they are in me. Naturally, as a result, the Lord is also in them. This is reciprocal. This also explains the word Ye yata mang prapadyante tangs tataiva bajam yaham. That's the verse I mentioned before from the Bhagavad Gita. Whoever surrenders unto me proportionately, I take care of him. This transcendental reciprocation exists because both the Lord and the devotee are conscious. When a diamond is set in a golden ring, it looks very nice. The gold is glorified, and at the same time, the diamond is glorified. The Lord and the living entity eternally glitter, and when a living entity becomes inclined to the service of the Supreme Lord, he looks like gold. The Lord is a diamond, and so this combination is very nice. One time, Prabhupada was walking through an airport, 
And one of the ordinary workers said, Hey, that guy is glowing. Yes. Anyone who saw Prabhupada, he definitely had that glow, golden glow. I remember the first time I saw Prabhupada, Prabhupada's effulgence knocked me down. And I said, yes, now I know the real modern day Jesus. I said, now I know what it was like, what they described in the Bible. I have found the Jesus of 1973. I was convinced this is not some ordinary man. Prabhupada was giving off an effulgence like the Aurora Borealis. And it just knocked me to, my, to the ground. And I was so happy. Jai Shula Prabhupada. The Lord and the living entity eternally glitter. And when a living entity becomes inclined to the service of the Supreme Lord, he looks like gold. The Lord is a diamond, and so this combination is very nice. Now comes a sentence I want you to all take home with you. Living entities in a pure state are called devotees. So stay pure. Your devotees now stay pure. The living entities in a pure state are called devotees. The Supreme Lord becomes the devotee of his devotees. If a reciprocal relationship is not present between the devotee and the Lord, then there is no personalist philosophy. In the impersonal philosophy, there is no reciprocation between the supreme and the living entity. But in the personalist philosophy, there is. The example is often given that the Lord is like a desire tree. And whatever one wants from this desire tree, the Lord supplies. But here, the explanation is more complete. The Lord is here stated to be partial to the devotees. This is the manifestation of the Lord's special mercy to the devotees. The Lord's reciprocation should not be considered to be under the law of karma. It belongs to the transcendental situation in which the Lord and his devotees function. That's what I was referring to. It's not business. Karma is business. You pay your dues, you get your reward. You do your work, you get your paycheck. That's not how Krishna rolls. Krishna rolls out of love. And sometimes Krishna, to test the devotee, will sometimes not reciprocate. Just to see, hmm, is he really my devotee or is he fair-weather devotee? Oh, yes, I worship Krishna. But then when I don't get what I want, all right, I'm changing. I'm going to worship somebody else. I remember one many, many years ago, one Indian man, I didn't give him what he wanted. He said, if this happens again, I'm becoming a Christian. <laughs> Can't be like that. Devotion means through thick and thin. Good and even like husband and wife, the American vow, right? For better or for worse. For richer or, but who believes it nowadays, right? But that's how it used to be in the marriage vows, right? 
that no matter what, we're going to stick together. The Lord's reciprocation should not be considered to be under the law of karma. It belongs to the transcendental situation in which the Lord and his devotees function. Devotional service to the Lord is not an activity of this material world. It is part of the spiritual world where eternity, bliss, and knowledge predominate. And that is Srila Prabhupada's purport to this verse. Srila Prabhupada, we thank you for giving us Bhagavad Gita as it is. Srila Prabhupada, we thank you for giving us these Bhaktivedanta purports. And thank you for giving us ISKCON so that we may develop love of Godhead. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So who wants a blessing? Then you have to wait here. If you left, you don't get it. You have to wait here if you want the blessing. All right. Everyone, fold your hands over your heart. Close your eyes. My dear Lord Krishna, please bless all these devotees. Please remove all the obstacles in their lives which prevents them from understanding you, from loving you, and proceeding quicker and quicker and straight to your lotus feet. My Lord, please bless the devotees so that they may become more and more, like we read today, devotees compact in your loving service. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Hare Hare. Hare Hare. Thank you very much.
All glories to Srila Prabhupada. If you have any questions, you can come up or you can take one of my cards and send me an email or you can ask me now. Thank you very much. Otherwise, class is dismissed. Take prashadam to your full satisfaction.